Thank you for joining us here at Life Church. It's an honor to share God's word with you today. Our prayer is that you will connect with Jesus Christ as you hear his word online. We'd love to have you visit one of our upcoming gatherings. For more information, visit us online at www.liferva.org or contact our church offices and we'll be happy to help you in any way that we can. Let's go now to one of our recent services where you can experience a life-giving message from God's Word. On the first Sunday of this new year, I want to preach on this subject, a new start in a new year. A new start in a new year. There is an old story about a little boy who went out into the field behind his house and he had his baseball cap on. In one hand, he carried a baseball In the other hand, he had his favorite trusty bat. This boy did not lack confidence. He put the bat on his shoulder, tossed the ball into the air, and while it was coming down, he shouted, he was ready, he said, I am the greatest hitter in the world. And then he swung the bat, and he missed it. He looked around to see if anybody was around. He picked up the ball, kind of looked at it. Then he threw the ball up in the air again, And as he got ready, he swung the bat. He said, I'm the greatest hitter in the world. And he missed again. Reached over, picked up the ball. This time he looked at the bat to see if somebody drilled a hole in the bat. You know, what's wrong? So here he goes, strike two. This time he picks up the ball and he adjusts his hat a little bit and he throws it up in the air for the third time. And he takes a swing and he goes, I'm the greatest hitter in the world. Swing and a miss. Strike three. He picks it up and he looks around. Now this boy who was the eternal optimist, he shouted, wow, apparently I'm the greatest pitcher in the world. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Now, today is the first Sunday of 2023. And as you look past over the last 12 months, I'm not sure whether you would consider yourself a great pitcher or a great hitter. Here's what I know. All of us have struck out a few times, right? Some of you, it's not just that you're so excited about 2023 that you say Happy New Year. You're just glad 2022 is over. Is there anybody in the house that can say that? Amen. One thing I know for sure is, especially on January 1, it's great to be able to start fresh again. Amen. A new year and a new start. The kids are going back to school tomorrow. Some of you parents, it's okay. Shout glory. We won't judge you. Amen. That's right. Don't worry. We won't judge you. Amen. Most of us have recovered from the holiday season. Most of the candy and desserts have either been eaten or thrown away. You've gotten your gym key fob out of your desk, out of your nightstand. You've wiped the dust off. You've checked to see if your membership was still active, and you put it back on your keychain. I want to commend you on a great act of faith. Amen. That's right. Some of you got out the paper and the pencil and the calculator, and you've worked on your budget for this new year. And as we anticipate the next 12 months, some people are looking forward with each day what it will bring. Others, maybe you're just filled with dread. You're worried. You're like, well, There's no reason why I should expect anything any different this year. But I want to tell you, like the little guy with the baseball bat, your attitude will make all the difference in this coming year. Amen? Are you swinging or are you missing? Amen? Are you throwing strikes? Attitude 
makes the difference. How we react to each event that we encounter this coming year will largely determine whether, in fact, this year is a year of victory or a year of defeat. When you read the Bible, the Apostle Paul was never one to let his circumstances conquer him. Rather, with the help of God, he was determined to win no matter what came his way. I want to read today as my text, Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. Now, I've read this passage many, many times over the years. But there's some great insight in here about how to make a fresh start in this new year. So why don't you read the scriptures with me today? Paul said, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Now, there's three principles that jump out at me in this passage that I want to share with you today that will help you make a new start in this new year. Are you ready? Let's learn from the Apostle Paul. First thing you got to do is you've got to forget the past. Turn to your neighbor and look at him and say, you got to forget about it. Just forget about it. Amen. Forget about it. Paul said, forget the past and look forward to what lies ahead. You know, one of the beautiful gifts that the Lord gives us is we are wired as human beings to be able to remember things, right? It's a great gift. But you know what? Sometimes it's also a curse. Another gift that he gives us is the ability to forget some things. Thank God that we can't forget some things. Another gift that we have, and you see it in Paul. Paul had a rough past, and it could have easily haunted him for the rest of his life if he had allowed those things. And if Paul did not forget some of the things in his past. If you're not familiar with the Apostle Paul, he persecuted the church. He used his authority to kill Christians. Paul was basically a Christian bounty hunter before he got saved. And before he got the call of God on his life. Matter of fact, this is what Paul said about himself. I am the chiefest of sinners. Now, Paul could have walked around his whole life with all this tremendous burden and guilt crippling him. And you know what? Paul would have never become the great apostle and missionary for God that he went on to become. But the problem for so many of us is that we dwell on our past failures, our mistakes, our sins, so much that we become spiritually paralyzed, unable really to live productively for God. Many people are haunted by self-inflicted relationship mistakes, by, by moral failures, by character mishaps, maybe even by some bad choices. Sometimes we're haunted by things that were out of our control. And they just ended up being a part of our journey. Nothing that we brought on ourselves, but something that became part of our life nonetheless. But Paul is telling us that we can turn our past over to God and start moving forward to what lies ahead. But only if you can learn to forget some stuff. Somebody once said it this way, our greatest glory is not in never failing, but in rising every time we fall. Amen. Because folks, we've all failed many times. You just don't remember them all. Amen? We fell down many, many times when we learned how to walk. Right? We probably drowned the first time we tried to swim. 
I remember learning how to swim. Nobody in my family knew how to swim. My mom didn't swim. My dad didn't swim. So guess where we never went? Pools, <laughs> beaches. Amen. So I went to a Christian youth camp, and guess how I learned how to swim? All my teenage buddies threw me in the deep end of the pool when I was 15 years old. I remember that very well. I've had many scars from that moment. Amen. It was sink or swim, right? I did a lot of sinking, and somebody jumped in there and helped me out. Babe Ruth struck out 1,330 times, but he also hit 714 home runs. R.H. Macy failed seven times launching department stores before his New York department store, Macy's, finally caught on. You might have spent a little money at Macy's this year for Christmas. Folks, here's the deal. We cannot become fixated on our failures. We're all human. We make mistakes. We sin. We fail. We fall short. But you know what is worse is missing the opportunities that God puts in front of us because we're afraid to fail because we can't put our failures behind us. Does anybody remember the old Michael Jordan Nike commercial? Michael Jordan, if you're not familiar with him, welcome to planet Earth, by the way. But Michael Jordan is considered to probably be the greatest basketball player of all time. In that commercial, there's this voice that comes over the TV and it says, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot, and I missed I've failed over and over and over again in my life. And this is the part I love. He said, and that is why I succeed. He wasn't defined by the shots that he missed or the games that he lost. You know, God once told the prophet Jeremiah that he would one day establish a new covenant with the children of Israel. And when he did, this is what he said he was going to do. He said, I'm going to forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. That's in Jeremiah 31. He said, not only am I going to forgive, I'm also going to forget. Don't you love that our creator says, not only will I forgive you, I'm going to forget about what I just forgave. So I want to tell you right now, we ought to be willing to forget about some stuff in our life. The covenant of forgive and forget was established when Jesus Christ died on the cross. If you have been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, God has forgotten all those failures, all those sins, and it's time we forget them as well. Amen. Follow Paul's example. Folks, 2022 is over. It's done. Forget about it. Amen. I talked to a man in the first service, and I won't say his name, but he had really bat he battled a tremendous fight with cancer this year. And it was really scary at times. And I talked to him, he and his wife, and she said, Pastor, we're just so happy that 2022 is over. We're so excited about 2023. Amen. That's the attitude you've got to have. Forget about what's behind you. Amen. And here's the second point that Paul shared with us. Number two, you've got to focus on your priorities. Focus on your priorities. Here's what he said in verse 14. Philippians 3, 14. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I love that verse from the New Century Version. It says this, I keep trying to reach the goal. You know what that implies? He hadn't got there yet. Some days he does good. Some days maybe not so good. He said, but I'm going to keep on trying to what? Reach my goal. In other words, I'm going to focus 
on the priorities. Paul did a lot of things, folks. He made tents. He preached sermons. He planted churches. He wrote books. He traveled the world as a missionary. Paul did a lot of stuff. I mean, he did crazy stuff. Amen. But what Paul is telling us is that the number one top priority in his life was the kingdom of heaven. Amen. He was running straight toward that goal, and he was not going to let anything distract him from it. Now, some of you heard this story before, some version of this story, but I think it bears repeating today. There was a time management expert. He was speaking to a group of business students, and after he spoke to them for a while, he said, look, I'm going to finish up with a quiz. So he took out from under the desk a one-gallon wide-mouth mason jar, and he put it on the table in front of them, and then he produced about a dozen tennis ball-sized rocks. And he started carefully placing them one at a time in the jar. Now, once he had finished that and he filled the top with the big rocks, he looked at the class and he asked him, he said, is this jar full? Well, everybody shouted yes. So then he pulled out another bucket and this time he had some small gravel. And he started pouring the gravel into the mason jar and he shook the jar around a little bit and gravel started filling all the little cracks in between the rocks until finally the little gravel had come up to the top. And now he looked at the class and now they're getting wise. And he goes, is this jar now full? And they said, probably not. (laughs) So he smiles and then he pulls out another little bucket and this time he's got sand. And he starts pouring the sand into this jar. And he's shaking it a little bit. Now the sand is going down and it's filling all the nooks and the crannies between where the rocks were and where the gravel was. And he fills it up with sand at the top. And then he asks them, and he says, is this jar now full? The class, man, they're all fired up. They're, no, it's not full. Then he pulls out a pitcher of water. And he starts pouring water on the top of the jar. And slowly... The water begins to fill up, fill up, fill up, fill up until it starts spilling out on the sides. Is this jar now full? Yes. Well, what's the moral of this story? So one brave student raises his hand and he goes, the point is, no matter how full your schedule is, if you try really hard, you can always fit something else into it. The professor said, no, that's not the point. He said, the point is, If you don't put the big rocks in first, you'll never get them in at all. Amen. Now, Paul said focus on your priorities. Here's what I got to ask you today. What are the big rocks in your life? The big rocks, the priorities, not all the little minutia that distracts us. I'm talking about the most important things. Paul said you got to focus on those priorities. What do you know has to make it into the jar this year? What do you know has got to be first in the jar this year? See, this week leading up to New Year's Day, to be honest, it's one of my favorite times of the year to pause and reflect on what the Lord is doing and He has done. It's a great time for me to also not just think about what the Lord has done, but to think about what I've done and what I haven't done personally. What did I do well this year? What could I have done better? And it prompts me every year to set some goals in some areas that I need to work on for the upcoming year. Now, let me just say, people are all over the spectrum when it comes to setting goals and resolutions. Man, you got people, man, they're over the top. Woo, I'm a goal person. I'm a resolution person. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's my goal. Here's my sub goals. Here's my steps to me. And then you got people on the other end, they're like, ah, this resolution stuff is nonsense. I don't ever set goals. I mean, they're just anti-resolution. 
And I look at them and I'm like, first of all, I want to say, well, man, what's wrong with you? Why, why are you so bitter? Amen. But here's the reality. You know why some people don't want to set any goals? It's because they've done it in the past and they failed. They fell short. You know, instead, their philosophy is, I hope I have a good year. Well, folks, I'm going to tell you right now, I hope I have a good year is not a plan. <laughs> well, I hope this is a great year. Let's just go out there and see what happens. Amen. That's not a plan. Amen. See, I hope I have a year. That's not going to work. I want to encourage you this year to at least give it a shot, to set some goals, focus on some priorities. Now, here, I'm going to give you some practical stuff too, right? I'm going to give you some stuff you can take. Here's some practical goals that you should set in your life, or at least prayerfully consider setting. Number one, and this is most important, everybody needs to set some spiritual goals. Everybody say spiritual. That's not from me. That's from God. Jesus said in Matthew 6, seek the kingdom of God above all else. So you already know how much weight you want to lose, but have you thought about how close you want to get to God this year? Set some spiritual goals. Draw closer to God through worship, through spending time with him in prayer, through seeking his guidance uh, by reading the word of God. Come on, everybody say, those are the big rocks. They're the big rocks because a dynamic spiritual life only grows when we commit to spiritual discipline in our life. Folks, that's not a popular message, but it's true. You can't grow without discipline. The way you build muscle is by repetition, by making it to the gym, right? You can't skip leg day. You can't skip cardio day. Amen. (laughs) Can't skip it. Knowing where you best experience God's presence and connect with him is key. Folks, hear me. You need to find a rhythm that will help you connect to God regularly. Amen. Now, can I just be transparent? When I grew up as a teenager, I was in a church environment, and I remember one year, I don't know what happened. This was the year of 6 a.m. prayer. I mean, if you didn't get up and pray at 6 a.m., everybody's like, we got to get up at 6 a.m. And even as a teenager, I was a little bit over analytical. And at first I thought, well, what if you live in a different time zone? And then I'll never forget, I heard a preacher say it, and he set me free from that bondage. He said, it's 6 o'clock in the morning, somewhere in the world, whenever I pray. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. Or it used to be, can you not tarry one hour? There's a tarry. That's a good word none of us use anymore. And then then you feel real guilty, like, oh, man. And then you're like, okay, I know I don't pray. But I'm going to pray for an hour. I'm going from zero to 60, just like a race car. And you know what you do? You just say, okay, here we go. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God, glory. And after about 25 thank you, Jesus, you go, and you go, four minutes? (laughs) Come on, am I I talking to somebody? Have you ever, I'm going to pray now. No, find a rhythm that works for you. When I used to work construction, I lived in the West End, and I, and I uh, worked in Hopewell. It was almost an hour drive to work. Guess what? At 5 o'clock in the morning, that's when I prayed. Right. I didn't have no other time to pray. By the time I got home at 6.30 at night, that was when I found my rhythm. You find your rhythm and communicate with God. Some people connect with God best in nature. Some people connect with God when they're walking. They put their earbuds in, and they pray, and they talk to God. You do what works for you. But the key is talk to God. What are just some practical goals for your spiritual life? I'm going to keep moving here. 
set aside a certain amount of time every day to talk to God in prayer. And here, I'm going to challenge everybody. This is January 1. I'm going to challenge you. If you say you love Jesus, read your Bible every day. All right, I'm going to challenge you again. Can I just say it? There is absolutely no excuse for an American Christian to not read their Bibles. None. And as a matter of fact, we have apps now, and I want to tell you, I'm going to take a commercial. I, I do not get paid to endorse this app. You need to download the version app onto your Bible, onto your phone. I don't care if you've got an Android, and we pray for the Android people around here. We will anoint you and pray for you. Or your iPhone, amen? Let me tell you why I like the version app. I still like to read my paper Bible. I'm going to give you a couple practical reasons why this app helps. You want to know why? First of all, you always have the Bible with you. You can read it anytime. Anytime. Sitting in a traffic jam, sitting in the doctor's office, you can read your Bible anytime. Secondly, there's all kinds of reading plans available. I don't know where to start. There's about a thousand reading plans on there. Everything from three-day plans to seven-day plans to read the New Testament in 30 days, 60 days, 90 days a year. There's, I mean, there's so many plans. Pick a plan. Secondly, or thirdly, and I want to give you a piece of advice, unless you're just really particular, if you have a conviction about sticking to one version of the Bible, God bless you. That's your conviction. I respect that. But consider reading the Bible in different versions. It helps keep the Bible reading alive in your life. But the main thing is read the Word. And if you fall off the wagon for a few days, don't give up. Just pick up the Bible and get going. Uh, let me, and you know another thing I like about it? Sometimes, can I just say this out loud? Sometimes if you feel real lazy, the app will read the Bible to you. Now, I know none of y'all have ever done that. I did it this morning on the way to church. I spent all my devotion time this morning looking at my sermon notes, and I thought, well, I don't want to fall behind. It's January 1. <laughs> That's a bad day to fall behind, January 1. And so I played, and I read, and I got two chapters in before I got to church. Read your Bible. Read your Bible, amen? Don't get hung up, but have some spiritual goals. Here's some other goals some of you might want to set this year. Gather, connect, serve. Our core values. Gather. If you don't come to church faithfully, make it a goal to say, I'm going to be more faithful to the house of God in 2023. Amen? Connect. If you're not in a small group, say, this is the year I'm going to join a small group. Or if you're in a small group, say, maybe this is the year that I'm going to lead a small group. Serve. If you don't serve, join a dream team. Volunteer in the community. Do something. Get off the couch and do something for God with the talents and the gifts that he's given you. Can everybody say amen? amen. Come on, these are good spiritual goals. Give. Some of you need to set some giving goals, and there are spiritual. Maybe you're not a faithful tither. Say, Lord, by your help, I'm going to give my tithe this year. I'm going to let you open up the windows of heaven and bless my life. I'm going to be faithful in my tithing. Maybe you tithe. This is the year that you're going to say, you know what? I'm going to give to missions. I'm going to give to something else. Just set some goals. Hear me. Remember, your spiritual rocks are the most important rocks you're going to put into your jar this year. Can the church say Amen. Here's another area you need to set goals. Set some relational goals. We are made for community. 
God did not make us to be isolated and live by ourselves and not have friendships and relationships. If you're married, that's your number one relationship goal. Work on your marriage. If you got kids, that's your second highest goal. Work on your relationships with your kids, even your adult kids and grandkids, friends. Friends are there for a difference, to make a difference in our lives. They make, a diff- they make a huge difference in our lives. They hold you uh, up when you're weathering a storm. They rejoice with you. They cry with you. They can share your fears and your concerns and your joys with them. Friends are the people that keep you sharp. Sometimes you need a friend who will just look at you and tell you the truth. Amen. You need that. And they need you to look at them and tell you, man, you're being a knucklehead. What's wrong with you? Why are you acting like that? Why won't you return my calls? Why are you doing it? Be intentional about your relationships. Amen. Amen. Can I just tell some of you, I ain't got no friends. Well, maybe you need to be friendly. (laughs) By the way, that's in the good book too. Amen. That's in the book too. Some of you just, you say, well, I'm just bad about it. And some of us are, make yourself a note. Put it on your phone as a reminder. Every week I'm going to call so-and-so. You know, it's so funny. We've got these great phones that we don't talk on anymore. We got cameras that send text messages. Call somebody. Talk to them. Connect with them. Build relationship goals. I'm going to hurry. You got to set some health goals. Everybody say health. Your health and wellness does matter. Your body is a temple that requires constant investment and management in order to remain well. The older I get, the more I realize how fragile this body is. Folks, it's a lot of work to have a body. (laughs) It's a lot of work. And when you're thinking about your health, you got to consider more than just your weight goals. How can I better manage stress? How can I get the right amounts of rest and sleep? How can I move my body more? How can I eat better? How can I drink more water? Folks, and here's the deal. Most of this is not rocket science. We already know what to do. We just need to do more of it, right? Take walks. Work out a few times a week. Stand up. Move. Eat less sugar. I'm preaching to myself, Amen. Add some fasting into your routines. Get some accountability. And maybe even get some wellness and nutrition advice from a professional. Amen. Set some goals for your health this year. Amen. Number four, you need to set some financial goals. Are y'all enjoying that? Y'all appreciate some practical stuff today. Set some financial goals. Most of the stress we deal with in life has to do with finances. We think it's about how much we have. But it's really more about how we manage what we have. Amen? Now, I mentioned in the beginning of this message that some of you have already worked on a new budget or a plan for 2023, but some of you haven't even given it a thought. I just got to ask you, why not? I mean, you got to live, right? You know, uh, has your income kept up with inflation? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. And if not, you got to tweak the numbers because hear me, saving less and running up your credit cards is not a plan. Come on, I'm trying to help somebody, amen? (laughs) You want me to tell you about the blood of Jesus, I'm trying to tell you how to quit having so much stress in your life, amen? We're going to do, I'm going to preach a whole series on financial freedom in the month of February. Haven't done it in years. It's probably been 15 years since I've done this. I'm doing it this year, you know why? Because we need this now more than ever, amen? Eggs. Milk, gasoline. I mean, this is, I'm not going to blame any political parties. This stuff's been building for a long time. 
We got to learn how to manage what we've got, amen, so we don't get in trouble. Here's what Hebrews 13 and 5 says. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Now, folks, if we're being honest here today, living free from the love of money is not as easy as it sounds. Because, hey, money makes our lives seem so much easier, right? But we also know that the more we have, the more we tend to want or the more we tend to need. Being a good steward of what God gives us is a huge part of making sure our hearts remain pure regarding money. Real quick, I'm going to give you this. I'm going to do a deep dive in this in February. Really, it's all about giving, saving, and spending. You got to predetermine how much you're going to give, make that a commitment. You got to figure out an amount to save. I don't care if it's a dollar a week. Follow the principle of saving, amen? And make sure that you spend, your budget is in line with your income and your expenses, amen? Number five, here's one you might not have ever considered. You need to set a faith goal. A faith goal. Now, this might be a new concept for some of you, but you need to set a goal that's so big that it requires some dreaming and some stretching, and if it happens, you just stand back and you give God the glory. Come on, somebody. Amen. You need to set a faith goal. Ask God for direction and then say, God, I'm, uh, this is something I really, really want to see happen in my life. I've got some faith goals on my list, and guess what? I checked one of them off the box, not last year, but the year before. And I set another faith goal, a big faith goal this year. And I'm going to, Lord, I'm going to try it. I'm, I'm shooting for it. Amen. Maybe your faith goal is financial. You want an extra stream of income or you want to buy a house or maybe you want to retire or you want to start a business or maybe you've been blessed with the gift of giving and you want to give it an extravagant level to the kingdom of God. Maybe your faith goal is a ministry goal. You want to join a dream team, or you want to become a leader, or you want to lead a small group, or you want to go on a mission trip. Oh, I've always wanted to go on a mission trip I'm never going to get to. No, you never are going to get to if you keep saying that. Seriously, set a faith goal. Say, I don't know how, but I'm going to raise the money. I'm going to get sponsors. I'm going to take time off from work. I'm going to do it by faith. Set a goal. First Corinthians 9, 24 says, don't you realize that in a race, everybody runs, but only one gets the prize. So what? Run to win. Come on, run to win. I'm planning on being here for 2023. So guess what? I'm going to run to win. Come on, if I got to be in this life, I'm going to win in this life. Amen? I'm going to serve God, and I'm going to run to win. Don't live your lives aimlessly without purpose, without a plan. Number one, forget the past. Number two, focus on your priorities. And my last point, and this might even be the most important one. Number three, you got to live in the present. You got to live in the present. Look at verse 13. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do. Notice, Paul didn't say one thing I will do, not one thing I'm going to do, not one thing I'm going to get around to doing. He said, one thing I do. Paul was living and acting in the present. Hear me, you cannot change your future without doing something in the right now. Right now. See, most people only want to live in the future. Do you know what the busiest day in the world is? It's not Christmas. It's not Black Friday, it's not election day. You know what the busiest day is? Someday. 
everybody in the world has something they're going to do someday. But did you know someday is not on any calendar? <laughs> I'm sure that we've all made plans for someday. But in fact, someday will never go. Somewhere over the rainbow. That's where my dream is. It's somewhere over the rainbow. Right, can I give you a real life example of living in the present? And, and it involves some of my goals. I'm just going to tell you. Don't be, I'm trying to encourage somebody today. I did not reach all my goals in 2022. Okay? I'm not preaching something to you that I'm not trying to do myself. I've got a list of goals. Mine are broken down into six categories. I update them every year. Just if you're curious, here's my six categories. Spiritual growth, personal growth, relationship growth, my real estate business, my health, and my finances. I have goals in all six of those categories, and mixed in among them, I've got some faith goals thrown in in a few spots. Now, when I look back on 2022, I met several of my goals, to God be the glory. But I also fell short in some of my goals. One of my goals that I fell short in in 2022 was one of my health goals. I had a certain amount of weight that I wanted to lose over a year. It wasn't a lot, but I had a number in mind. I know exactly how much I weighed on January 1, 2022. I wrote it down on my calendar because I knew I'd forget. I know exactly how much I weighed on January 1, 2023 because I got on the scale this morning. And guess what? Not only did I not reach my goal, I went the other way. I gained weight. And it's very frustrating to me. I have no idea how that happened. <laughs> it couldn't have been the Reese Cups. It couldn't be because I didn't know where my gym card was in a year and a half. It couldn't be any of that. It couldn't be the fact that I went on a hospital call this week at St. Mary's. And how many of y'all know what store is close to St. Mary's? Krispy Kreme. It was the end of the year, so I thought, why not? Lord, I need you to show me a sign, specifically a neon sign. <laughs> you, you have not because you asked not, right? Lord, I need a neon sign. And if it says hot donuts now. And you know what? The Holy Spirit just took over my steering wheel. And I looked and I saw a sign. It was like a lighthouse on the storm-tossed sea, drawing me in. Like, Lord, show me the sign. So I went on in there, and I got two dozen of donuts. I mean, if you're going to do something, do it right. Hallelujah. And for the life of me, I don't know why I got on the scale this morning, and it went in the wrong direction. All right. I'm, I'm giving you some self-deprecating humor here. What I'm trying to tell you is you can't set Pollyanna goals in the sky and not live in the present doing something to see it come to pass. I got my Krispy Kremes out of my system for at least two months. Amen. Life's too short just to eat broccoli. I'm just going to tell you right now. But folks, you can whine about it. You can make excuses about it, or you can say, I got to buckle down 
and live in the present to make my goals come to pass in 2023. I have to live in the present by putting some action steps, a plan in place right now. Come on. We all have to live in the present if you want to see results in the future. You can't just be singing somewhere over the rainbow about all your hopes and dreams and hope something comes to pass. Somebody say right here, right now. Come on. Right here, right now. Amen. Let me tell you, the Apostle Paul's a great example of this, by the way. He lived each day to the fullest. They locked him up in prison. Guess what? He wasn't just sitting there stewing, thinking about, oh, what do you see my bucket list? All the stuff I want to do when I get out of jail. I can't wait. Why did I tell you all the places? No, you know what Paul was doing while he was locked up? Writing books. Writing letters to the church. Two-thirds of the Bible in the New Testament. Two-thirds of the New Testament our epistles. Paul wrote, and he wrote a bunch of those while he was sitting in the jailhouse. Paul was the original author of the jailhouse rock. Man, they started singing in praises in the wall. Doors started flying open. Paul, while he was sitting in jail, converted guards. Paul took advantage of the present. He didn't just say, you know what? I can't fulfill my plan for me in here. Paul said, you know what? You can lock me up in the darkest pit. I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to live right now in the present. Amen. Amen. Benjamin Franklin once said this, do you love life? Then do not squander time, for that is the stuff that life is made of. Abraham Lincoln said, the leading rule for a man uh, uh, of every calling is diligence. Never put off until tomorrow what you can do today. You know, one of the saddest examples of procrastination is found in the Bible, in the life of the Roman governor Felix, who listened to Paul speak about his faith in Jesus. Look what happened real quick. I'm almost done, by the way. Acts chapter 24 and verse 25. It said, as Paul talked about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come. Now, I must admit, those might not have been the most intriguing subjects of the day. Felix was afraid and said, that's enough for now. You may leave. And look at this part. When I find it convenient, I'll send for you. You know what, Paul? I've heard enough. Felix got scared. He said, I want you to go away. And look, he said, and when I find the time, you can come back and finish preaching to me. But guess what? Felix never found the time. Scripture doesn't record that. He, he put it off. And just like so many of us, so many things we know we need to do, you know what we say? When I find the time. When I find the time. How many of us have missed critical moments with our family because we say, when I find the time? How many of us, we've not cultivated relationships with people that God has sent into our lives because we just say, well, I I just don't have the time. How many of us, and maybe if you're watching online, or maybe you're in this room right now, and you're not a believer, why are you going to just keep putting it off? Because we have no guarantee of tomorrow. You've got to live in the present. Folks, we got to live in the present. Pastor, I need to get in shape. Put on some sneakers and start walking. Everybody say, live in the present. I need to eat better. Do what I'm going to do today when I get home. Go into the pantry and throw out all the junk food. And try to do better. Everybody say live in the present. I need to read my Bible this year. Great, it's January 1. Download that app or get the Bible off the shelf and just start doing it. I want the praise team and the band to come. 
You know, folks, can I just tell you, I think this really is the heart of the matter. Let me tell you what I mean by that. I think most of us do pretty good at forgetting the past, right? We can put our failures behind us. We, we do pretty good at that. I think most of us actually do pretty good at maybe setting up some realistic, profitable goals for the new year. We kind of know what we need to do, and we kind of know how to, for, you know where we struggle, though? It's in this, living in the present. Living in the present, a budget for my money, a schedule for my time, dates on my calendar with my family, actually getting up and getting moving for my health, getting up 15 minutes early so I can pray, making sure that I download a plan that will hold me accountable to reading my Bible. See, that, that's where we struggle with. We know what to do. We just got to do it. And so you know what? I'm here to challenge every single one of us today, 2023. How many of you want it to be a different year? Come on. I want you to stand with me all over this house. Apostle Paul said, forget your past. Look beyond the sins and failures of yesterday. Learn from them. Repent of them. Move forward. Paul said, focus on your priorities. Place God at the top of your to-do list every day. Worship him. Study his word. Then focus on your family. Remember your temple. Work on your health. Be a good employee. And then live in the present. Come on. Stop just living in the future. Don't put off for tomorrow what you can do today. Pastor, I've got good intentions, but I always fail. Keep trying. We're not here to judge you. Pastor, I've got an addiction that I've struggled with. Some of you right now, you know what? You've been struggling for years. You want to quit smoking. Or maybe, maybe you want to stop drinking. Or maybe you want to stop over-drinking. Or maybe, maybe you're hooked on porn. Come on, this is the year. Don't just cave in to your addiction. Say, this is the year. I'm going to try again. We have recovery groups in this church that meet on Thursday nights. Call the church office. We'll tell you about it. We've got one group that's anonymous. I don't even know who goes to the group. I don't come. I'm not allowed to be there. You know why? Because I want you to be able to go and not worry about your preacher judging you. It's a no judgment zone. Just make up the mind. You're going say, you know, I'm going to start changing today. Today is the day. I'm going to live in the present. How can you do it? Oh, I don't know if I can do it. Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I love Ephesians 3 and verse 20. With God's power working in us. Come on. God can do much, much more than anything we ask or imagine. How many of you are ready for that in 2023? All right. Praise team's going to begin to sing. And I want to invite you to step out from where you are. That's another commitment you ought to make in 2023. When I hear the word of God, I'm going to respond. Either in my seat or up front, I'm going to respond to whatever. I want to challenge you right now to step out from where you are and say, God, this year is going to be different. Some of you, you need to come up and say, I'm going to forget about my past once and for all. I'm going to forget about the abuse. I'm going to forget about the mistakes. I'm going to forget about all that stuff. I'm not going to let it hold me back any longer. Some of you need to come up here and say, I'm going to set some goals for this year. I want my life to be different. And then the rest of us, we just need to say, you know what? It starts today. Right here, right now.
I'm going to live in the present. I'm going to see my life change. Amen. Let's begin to worship together with the praise team. Ask God to give you strength. Because you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Amen. You can do all things. Take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn. 
I want us to do something before we close the service. We didn't do this in the first service, but I kind of feel led to do it right now. If you feel comfortable, I'd like you to turn to somebody next to you. And if you don't want to share your goal, you don't have to. But I think there's something powerful about speaking it. And I think there's something powerful about other people praying for us, for it. So I want to encourage you to turn to somebody and say, hey, here's one goal that I have for this year. And I want you to help me pray that it comes to pass. Or maybe here's something that I'm working on in my life this year. So go ahead and turn to somebody. And if you don't want to share, just say, I've got an unspoken goal, but I want you to pray for me. Can we take a minute and do that? Just turn to somebody. Turn to a friend. Turn to a stranger that will be your friend. Let's just take a couple minutes to do that. And I want you to pray for one another right now. Share it, and then let's pray about it. Can we do that? Amen. That's it. Share it and let's pray about it. Hey, thanks for watching. Be sure to subscribe to this channel so you never miss one of our videos or live streams in the future. Also, take a moment and share this with a friend. Be sure to join us 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. each week live as we celebrate Jesus together here at Life Church. God bless you.